There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. And I'm Sean Fangirl S, and tonight we'll be discussing episode 8 of season 3 of The Expanse. Oh, holy... Oh, my... F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. Right? Holy <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, all right, let's just... Ratings news. Because yeah, episode, I can't even talk. Yeah, episode 8 brought in a point two in adults 18 to 49 with point six zero nine million viewers, making it the 34th rated cable show for the day. And unfortunately, we don't have Live Plus 7 numbers, as this is the week that Nielsen decides it's not going to report any. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's literally every other week for us, isn't it? Yes, it is now. It uh, just makes Maybe sense. they're doing Live Plus 14 at this point. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> and they just haven't changed their graphic. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Episode 8. Oh, God. It reaches out. An old friend taunts Holden with answers he seeks. Naomi struggles to fit in. A mysterious low-level tech aboard the Thomas Prince enacts a terrifying plan. All right. It makes it sound like it's a horror movie to start. (laughs) Throw that out there. But wow. All right. Where do we start? Because this was over the top. Almost the entire thing. Yes, it was. And... I thought about not breaking it up by <laughs> groups, but I no, I just I had to keep it that way. <laughs> so we'll start on the UNN Thomas Prince as we see the elites trying in vain to make sense of the footage of Maneo getting eviscerated as he entered the ring. Yeah, how exactly do you make sense of that? He hit <laughs> nothingness and turned into jello. Yeah. Ugh. And what was with like was it a, a preacher? Or who was it that was kind of just blowhard over in the corner? Yeah, the, there was a, a a father that had, was mentioning stuff later on in the episode. Oh, okay. W- this first encounter with the the small group around the console there was um, it was of course Kolvod that Anna was talking to earlier. Oh, right, right, right. Once again, they're discussing what's going on and. Of course, Anna informs them that, no, it wasn't the OPA trying to sabotage things. It was a kid trying to show off for his girlfriend. Right. Man, they are just quick to place blame. Yes, they are. Everybody's still gun-shy, and just anything that goes wrong, it's right back to where we were before. Right. Let's shoot. First and ask questions later. She honestly seems to be one of the only ones who has her head on straight in regards to politics, which is weird since she's supposed to be a preacher. Right. So that she's not all like, oh, well, the Bible says we should do this. 
Instead, she is like really separating political, spiritual, and scientific. Like everything's separate, and she can see the big picture. And all these other people are so like micro focused on their specialty, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's beginning to look like Anna is going to play just an amazingly huge role in the rest of this series. Yeah. To me, it really does. It, it With her out here in space, she's going to be the voice of reason, I think. And hopefully, Ava Solara will be able to back her in all her calls and keep things from escalating beyond repair. Which, let me say, since we did not get any Ava Solara this episode, yeah, Anna being this way, I think, is almost a surrogate for her. So... This may be what is totally needed for while Avasalar is dealing with the mess back on Earth. Right. And that may be why Anne is actually on this ship. <laughs> As Avasalar said, you are intelligent and can separate yourself from all these different factions and keep your head about yourself. So please be my liaison. That would be a really good theory. Yeah. And I have, I have a feeling that that's probably what happened. Let's go with that. Yeah. All right. We see her later chitting, chit chatting with uh, a very uh, inebriated Janelle Williams. <laughs> <laughs> As we see other religious leaders uh, really throwing the religion around. This is where that the guy was. Right. Where that guy yeah. was the, the the father was really talking up uh, that yeah we're about to see the face of God. It's like, are you sure you want to? And Anna notices a um, young woman eating alone, looking very uh, upset. I thought she was sitting with somebody and just, but barely talking. No, no, she was by herself. Okay, maybe it was just maybe the angle that I right, right. And Melba gets up and heads off, and Anna follows her. Yes, and uh, she seems genuinely concerned. Yes. Very. And I don't know if she sensed something or that Melba was troubled by something, but yeah, she was very sincerely concerned about it. Yeah. And you see Melba wipe off the tears running down her face before she turns around and she basically says, no, I'm fine. Thank you very much. And heads out. And Anna kind of looks at her and goes, hmm. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you freaking out like yeah i don't know maybe anna's just thinking that it's super overwhelming for her right so i'm gonna go with that okay but i i mean obviously we know what's happening right and hopefully um anna will pick up on what's going on as well yes because melba is not just an ordinary person no because- on the sun you she comes to after bashing Bryn's head in yeah, and so, there's blood all over. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously. How did she do this to this guy? I mean, he had a lot of weight on her and height. Yes. So, apparently. That's why it had to be proto-molecule induced. So, whatever it, it just, was took a lot out of her. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> so, obviously, she's freaked out. And it makes me wonder if she almost, like, blacks out and doesn't know what's happening when it when she goes into that state. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, when she wakes up, she's panicked. Yeah. Now, yes, she she realized that, yes, this is was 
probably going to happen as the plan panned out, mm-hmm. but she's still freaked that it did. Right. But then, oh my God, it got worse. <laughs> yeah, because she has the power up again so she can crush his head so he can fit him behind the access panel. She literally crushed the dude's head with her hand. Yes. I was like, holy crap. Now, first of all, it had to be kind of fun for um, the guy playing Ren just because they did the full full mask of his face, obviously. Right. And then, you know, he gets to watch this happen. That's got to be kind of cool. But yep. at the same time, oh, my God, you crushed his head. <laughs> and then it's just like nothing. And she kind of like turns the head at a weird angle and just shoves him into the panel. It's like, holy cow. Like, I, right. Then takes off her shirt and starts cleaning up the blood. Right. Where are you hiding that? Behind a panel? Yeah. Are you spacing it? What's going on? Yeah, well, we never see it back on her, so apparently she disposed of it somehow. Yeah. Oh, man. But when all that's said and done, you know, she goes back to the little uh, the little ship that they were taking, I guess, back and forth, the repair right. ship, and we have... Ari Millen talking to her, and she's like totally distracted because she keeps flashing to what happened. Right. And she almost runs them into the actual ship they're trying to get to. Right. And she's crying and, or trying not to cry. She's seen a speck of blood, and all I kept think of, like, the telltale heart. Right. So <laughs> he comes running up. He's like, wow, you're flying like crap. You're going to kill us. And she just kind of, like, goes and hides. Yeah, basically withdraws completely. So I'm thinking whatever happened, she was not truly trained for this. Right. Yeah. I I don't think that they had planned on having her kill anybody. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it just happened to work out that way. And she did what she had to do. But yeah, it's affecting her. Right. Because then she, when she was in the ladies room, ladies locker room, she ends up detonating the bomb that was on the ship, the Singyun. And all right. So, is she totally fine with this? Because if there was people on there, she killed them, but it wasn't up close and personal. Right. So, I'm I'm still, big question mark for me yeah. with her. So, I hopefully will find out. And she's definitely part of it because she actually sees the Holden speech. Oh, right. And kind of goes, ha, ha, ha. And you go, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a lot of messed up stuff happening. Yeah. So we move on to the behemoth, and we see the trio of drummer Ashford and Naomi standing there, wondering how soon until the inners blame the OPA for Maneo's uh, misadventures. Oh, well, about 30 seconds after. Yeah. And, of course, their well-earned cynicism tells them that they'll get the blame for anything that goes wrong, but Earth and Mars will be quick to claim any miraculous discoveries. Of course they will. Yeah. Isn't that the way? Yes. And later on, we see um, Ashford up on a higher deck that's still open to everything below, just kind of singing to himself like everything's just hunky-dory. And then we turn around and he's bringing three glasses and some wine to the main station. Go, all right, what the hell? I was like, don't drink it. It's probably poison. Right. And, of course, Drummer actually mentions that yeah, Mormons don't drink. Yeah, that's why I was like, why is he trying to pass it off like church wine? What is this? Yeah, 
And then, of course, he proposes a toast to Fred Johnson and Anderson Dawes for telling Avasalara that the behemoth will not be deterred from its course towards the ring. Yeah, the girls weren't so keen on that one. No. And, of course, that definitely um, gave me more uh, reason to believe that uh, Johnson is behind everything that happens in this episode. Ah, uh, Johnson. And, of course, they do end up toasting uh, Maneo. <laughs> because he was trying to do something for the Belters, but didn't work out so well. Yeah. Now, of course, after everything goes down, Frantic Ashford tells Drummer they have to fire on the Rossinati as soon as possible to show the Inners that they're not aligned with Holden. And you go, yeah, uh-huh. This is Johnson all the way. Naomi was freaking out. Oh, yeah. And I don't blame her. I was freaking out, too. Yeah, because they think he's plotting to get the behemoth destroyed and the OPA with it. Now, of course, Naomi doesn't believe that that was Holden. It's got to be a composite or something, and they are buying it. Yeah, which I'm really surprised that Drummer right away is like, oh, no, it's not. It can't be a composite. It's him. Right. Because she was there when they ended up coming back to Tycho and saving everyone. Right. And they didn't have to. No. So that's why I'm really surprised. Yeah, me too. Like, Ashford that's... doesn't know him from next door, so yeah. I understand. Right, but Holden actually saved Drummer's life. Right. And when Drummer actually has Naomi then technically removed from the deck, but, you know, basically just pulled to the side and had guns right. on her, I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Boy, this turned sideways real quick with them. Right? So, I don't know. I'm just... I was confused, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because you know, Drummer's telling the UN, we'll deal with this. He wasn't one of ours. And they're like, you have a minute, really, first of all. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> Naomi's begging for it to not happen, and Drummer's like, whatever, fire. But nothing happens because there was an overload on the grid. Do you think that that overload was also intentional? More than likely. Okay. Like, Ashford was, like, trying to see what Drummer would do? Because I'm thinking yeah. it's Ashford. Oh, yeah. When he's singing, there's something going on. Mm hmm And we haven't seen, uh, what's his name, Diego. Right. So, yeah, big warning flags coming up for me. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, on the Rossi, things are just going insane as they watch the footage. And Alex is afraid that <laughs> there's going to be a whole fleet of alien ships passing through the portal. Heck, we don't know. It might. That's right. I'm with you, with you there, Alex. I don't. Yeah. And now Holden is still. I mean, he's looking worse for wear. This seeing Miller just definitely was too much for him to deal with. Right. So he goes, tells everybody he needs more coffee. He goes down to the mess and pours him a cup, and sure enough, Miller appears again. I'm so confused. Like, is he actually there? Is he, like, a, some kind of vision from the protomolecule? And I've, he got a haircut. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what? I'm not supposed to notice that, right? Right. <laughs> but when he's, like, getting his coffee, and all of a sudden Holden is, like, trying to understand what the hell Miller is saying, and he starts shouting, are you trying to talk to me? And then the next moment, it's Monica sitting there. It's like, all right, so obviously he's not there. Right. Not 
physically there. So right. some kind of weird projection. projection. Yes. I love it. She's like, dude, what is up? Yeah, I'm trying to talk to you. I've been talking to you for five minutes. You're not listening. Right. You're obviously uh, falling apart here real quick. And I can help because not only am I a producer, but I'm a psychologist as well. I don't know if I believe that. And I just kept thinking, what are you up to? Yeah. Yeah. Because she wants him to fully commit to letting her cameras capture what's going on with him. Right. Especially when he agrees to talk to her and she turns around and walks away. What was it? Something like, I'm going to get so many awards for this one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're really worried about him. Yeah. Not liking. And Amos catches Colin, the camera guy, snooping around on the command deck. So, not good. Right. I don't trust you either, because you're being weird. No. Yeah. And, of course, he blames his blindness-induced circadian rhythms for his night wandering. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. And, of course, to throw Amos off, he has to, once again, make a play to get into Amos's pants, which isn't going to happen. No. And I think Amos just knows that this guy just wants information. No, but I mean, right. even if he wasn't doing something real sneaky, he's the freaking camera guy. He just wants to get all this stuff on camera and put out a good story. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I think this will come back to Amos, too, and they will figure out that Cohen is the one who caused a lot of this. I hope so. I hope he finds out real fast. Yeah, because after Cohen leaves, we see him pulling out a pair of pliers. So clearly he's been tinkering with some. Ah, dude, apparently you're willing to die for your cause, whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely is. Now, of course, we see Holden in the med bay, all hooked up, running diagnostic scans on himself. Everything he runs keeps coming up normal. That's good. Yeah, but it's not giving him any answers. That's true. So, of course, then there's the protomolecule scan. I was scared. Yeah. (laughs) And he was, too. But he finally pushes it, and it runs, and it comes out negative. By relief. Yeah, until he turns around and Miller's back again. Yes, and just speaking weird stories. Like, it was just babbling. Right. And at this point in time, you kind of figure that it's trying to use Miller's memories to try to be able to talk to Holden. And it's really having a hard time finding memories that will give Holden the information he needs. And of course, Holden gets frustrated and starts yelling back at him and in comes Amos. Right. Like basically he's ranting. And yeah, and nobody. Yeah, and Amos locks in like, dude, what's up? But at least with this, I really liked it because, I mean, Amos looks at me he's like, I'm not going to judge if you need to vent about whatever. Just vent to me. I'm not right. going to judge you. I'm not going to take a side. I'll just listen to what you got to say. And he's like, I'm fine. And Amos kind of looks at him like, mm, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But Amos is like, you need, you need to tell me what's up. Hold it. I promise I'll tell you if anything's really wrong. Right. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. When he changes that, I think that yeah. made Amos like, all right, I can deal with this. Right. 
At least, I thought so. Yeah, but of course, the cameras are capturing more than the crew realizes. Because first we see Monica interviewing Holden, while at the same time, Amos and Alex are discussing whether Holden is going insane. Right, because, and this was horrible, but I loved the gossipy thing that happened. <laughs> because Amos is like, I checked the med log. And Alex is like, oh my god, you checked the auto dock? What is wrong with you? You shouldn't do that. What did it say? Yeah. <laughs> like, rant, rant, rant. But tell me what the gossip is. And right. when he says he tested for the protomolecule 35 times, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Negative every time, but he keeps on doing it. Scary stuff. Yeah. And, of course, that gets Alex's attention, and he's concerned, and they both agree they need to keep an eye on him. And, of course, while all this is going on, Cohen slides into the communications panel. Yeah. See? Take out a chip and replace it with another one. The hell is he getting access to all this stuff easily? I thought this was yeah. really hard to get into. And he had like weird, he kept moving his, his hand. So like whatever's on his fingers lets him see. Right. So it was weird. Well, and you see one, one shot of his arm and on his arm, you see circuitry. Okay. I must not have caught that. Right. And. What's weirder was it even looked like there was blue goo running through that circuitry. Okay, I really didn't see that. I'm going to have to rewatch this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. Like, he's seeing with his fingers, which, I mean, essentially, that's what you're going to do if you're, like, reading Braille. But it's like he had cameras seeing for him. Right. It was so weird the way he was doing it. Yes, it was. Which, and seeing the blue circuitry in his arm made me think even more that, we have another uh, hybrid. See, I didn't catch that, though. That's, if that's what it is, that is an amazing catch. Because I was just thinking, okay, weird new future tech. Right. No, yeah. I, I caught it live, and then when I rewatched, I caught it again. I said, yep, ah. that's circuitry. It's showing under his arm, and you go, oh, crap. But with all that happening and nobody noticing, I figured there was some kind of, like, panel going off, like, Alex, look at me, kind of thing, but... Right, but no, apparently not. And, and while Monica is mentioning, what was it, synchronicity? Yeah. And Holden goes, what's that? Well, and she explains it, and he goes, wait a minute. Like, oh. Yeah. Show, pull, can you pull up the video of Maneo? Sure. Okay. Can you pull up the video of me at the exact same time? Yeah, and she's okay. just like, okay. Yeah. And sure enough, on the bottom right-hand part of each of those screens, you see a color that isn't normal. Yes. <laughs> and at first I was thinking it was like a glare. Right. But it's not. <laughs> and he kind of freaks out. And he's like, it was at the same time. And he's, like, shoving her out the door, and, and she's like, your head just exploded. There's brain matter on me. <laughs> yeah, great matter I was like, on what? Great <laughs> now, I, because I, at this point, I feel like she would go and review everything he just looked at. Right. And figure something out, too. But as far as we know, she, she hasn't figured this out. Right. He just knows that when Maneo hit the, the ring, is exactly the same time Miller showed up. So, yeah, Maneo's knocking on the door caused uh, Miller to show up with Holden, and 
say, uh, maybe you need to uh, tell everybody something different here. <laughs> we don't like uh, somebody trying to slam through our door like that. Well, what's going to happen? Oh, we don't know. Right, because Miller shows up again, and Holden really wants to get some answers. Don't we all? Yes. And unfortunately, Miller still hasn't quite figured out how to tell him what he needs to know. And then things start going south quickly because Alex is struggling at the Rossi controls, thinking something's wrong. Then we get the broadcast from Holden, originating from the Rossi. And you go, oh, crap, because he's saying... He's representing the OPA and claims responsibility for blowing up the ship and threatens to strike again, claiming rightful ownership of the ring for the belt. And Holden is there on the deck so they can see him and see that he's not doing this. Right. But what happened? But they still question is, why did you do this? Yeah. That's not me. Hello. (laughs) He's standing right there. He couldn't have recorded it. Not looking that way, and and even looking at the recording, you could tell it had been doctored. Right, because it was he pretty obvious. Haggard for how long? Yeah, like anybody <laughs> on the ship is going to be like, "That ain't him," except they no. didn't believe it because they're like, "Maybe you didn't know what you did." And I'm locked out of the ship's controls. What did you right. do? It's like, what? what, guys? Seriously? Yeah, and of course, Monica wants to produce all this as a TV show now. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Monica. Do you know you might die right now? Right. Maybe no. your head. Yeah, needs yeah. she to had the right figured place. it out that they're going to fire on the Rossi. Uh, yeah, her head is yeah. definitely not in the right place. No. Of course, Holden protests his innocence, but, uh, you know, Amos reminds him you haven't been feeling yourself lately. And Amos says all our defenses are down, and Alex is getting a target lock from the UN and the behemoth. Right. And Alex is like, well, we can try to outrun it, but it ain't going to happen. No, but we can stay alive for a little bit longer. Right. And, of course, you're going to yell at Amos, get us control, do this, somebody. Because Naomi isn't there to try to figure out what the heck's happening. Right. And she would be the one that would be the one that would fix it all. Right. And you go, yeah, this is not the time for you to be on the behemoth. Wow. But <laughs> Holden gets an idea. This, and of course, this one Amos, is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Amos thinks he's finally completely gone nuts. But Holden begs for one moment alone. And he calls, he tells Alex, have I ever asked asked you to trust me in the whole time we've been together? And of course, Alex says, I mean, Amos says no. Right. Well, trust me now. Right when he's standing, like, in between the airlock. Right. You know, and it's like, Amos is like, what are you going to do? No, you're going to space yourself? You know, because that's, of course, where he's thinking it's going. Right. Thankfully, that's not, because I got a little scared myself. Yeah, exactly. And Amos, oh, he is like our big scary teddy bear sometimes. When he's just sitting there, like with his head against the window of the airlock, he's just like, all right, man, you need to do this. You need to do this fast. I can only give you a minute because we might all die. Yeah. Yeah, because Alex says, you know, when when I have to hit the gas, if you guys ain't buckled in, you're going to go splat. Right. Oh, I, I know, because Steve and I were kind of messaging at the same time. I'm like, this is so <laughs> tense. I don't even know what to put on right now because, like, I didn't want to spoil anything. And I'm right. holding my phone. And I'm holding it, like, with two hands so tightly going, what's happening? <laughs> 
So it's like, I think the last five minutes, everybody was holding their breath. So I think we all blacked out at some point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There is no doubt because we had gotten all the way up to number two on trending. I don't know how, because I don't By know how this time, anybody was and able to And then it just that. went silent. Right. I don't know how anybody was able to tweet, because it was like, no. oh, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> but Holden finally gets Miller to show up, and it's his mumblings that give Holden an idea. They're going to speed towards the ring as fast as they can. What? Yeah. <laughs> you go, okay. I think this is a bad idea. Yeah, both Alex and Amos think you know, he's completely lost it. But Holden explains that rather than hitting the ring full speed like Maneo, they're going to slow down right as they approach. I thought he said something but, about, like, turning around or something. It was like... Well, yeah, that's how they do, how they slow down is they, they turn okay, around okay. and have engines forward. And it's all because of Miller's go into a room too fast, kid. Room eats you. Yes. And of course, you see them go get the G juice and pass out. And Holden wakes up first as he sees the blood from his nose floating away. At least he didn't stroke out. So Alex did that part. Yeah, that was good. And they're kind of like in the event horizon of a black hole. Yes, it was so weird. For time has slowed down because they're right there at the ring and that missile, one of the missiles that was fired is right on top of them, but it hadn't hit him yet. Oh my gosh. So what does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's got to wonder if time has slowed down, will the missile ever catch him? I hope somehow the missile gets eaten up. Yeah, me too. But we've got to see. Yeah. <laughs> the preview kind of made it really weird. Real ambiguous. We don't know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Is it Wednesday yet? Right? So, like, I think my heart, my, like, my heart is pounding right now because I was just thinking about it. So, yeah. Yeah, reliving it. <sighs> exactly. I know I did tweet that, though, that I think we all passed out with the crew because everybody was like, <gasps> And then no breath was taken. Like, all the oxygen has been sucked up out of every room that was watching that at that moment. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Hey, Steve, did we get any feedback? Oh, we sure did. Once again, Fred from the Netherlands has given us some great feedback. So let's take a listen. Hello, Fangirl Zone podcasters. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for The Expanse Season 3, Episode 8. What a weird episode. Partly I really didn't get it what all was happening. First off, the whole story with Melba. Her extra powers, what she is actually doing with that bomb. Well, eventually we know what what she's doing with that bomb. But what is her purpose? Where is she going? Where is she coming from? Who is she working with? I find it all kind. Actually, I find it all a bit a bit mysterious. The other thing is Elio, Monica's soundman, so Monica is the interviewer, he exchanges one of these uh, isolinear chips or something, or I don't know how they are called, and this probably gives the Rosinante uh, some dysfunction. 
I wonder if he is working on its on his own or does he work together with Monica? Does Monica know what he is doing? I don't know. The whole Miller thing in the head of Holden. I get I get a kind of psychedelic feeling about that. Is he there? Is he not there? Is it all just playing in Holden's head? I don't know. It, it, it's all very confusing. Furthermore, there is a lot of uh, mistrust and nobody is working together. And uh, for instance, Drummer is, is not uh, trusting Holden, even shoots a, r- a rocket at, at, at Rosanante. Earth is not trusting the belt. The belt is not trusting Earth. Yeah, not harmonious episode. Of course, when everything is harmonious, well, we wouldn't watch it because it would be too dull. But this episode just had too much in it. People not believing each other. Also Amos and James. Well, eventually he did. Amos did trust James. But yeah, still. I hope everything will uh, will get more clear next episode. One nice thing was, however, that I uh, always post uh, on Twitter when I'm watching an episode. So di- and I put in a screenshot with that. And, and this time I to- took a screenshot of, uh, of Melba who is played by uh, Nadine Nicole, and uh, she actually liked uh, my tweet. So that was good for, for me. Okay, till next time, greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, Fred, I think confusing is probably an understatement <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> what do you mean? You couldn't follow along easily? You and the entire world? Right. And I, of course, had my uh, tinfoil hat theory that this was all uh, Fred Johnson's doing. I think we were both pretty much in agreement with that. Right. But, I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, I still feel somewhere that Fred Johnson has got his finger in this pie. Oh, absolutely. And if it's not with Melba and the cameraman, then maybe it's with Ashford. Yeah. Still don't like that cameraman, though. No. <laughs> Too creepy. Yeah. Okay, see, that's what I was getting. I was getting a weird tall man vibe off of him. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, like, crossing all of my shows now. So yeah. you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of trust from anybody in this episode, even Holden's own crew. I mean, it is kind of hard because things were so weird. Right. And Holden being so weird. Yeah, and and we get it with the crew basically thinking back, like, hey, our last captain went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Right. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I can understand it, too, because, you know, he had just gotten back together with Naomi, and she leaves, and you kind of wonder, you know, was, was that his tipping point? Oh, <laughs> God. Okay, and that kind of hurt all of us anyway. Yes, it did. It's like every time you want to be like, okay, I'm going to trust everybody. They do this to us. And this is part of the reason that I don't know if I can pick up this book yet. Right. I'm going to have to watch to the end and then I'll like distrust everybody from the beginning of reading the books. Right. That will definitely do it. (laughs) Now, of course, with Miller, my thought on it was that, yeah, it it has something to do with that little itty bitty piece of protomolecule that's still stuck on the Rossi. Oh, you know what? Didn't we pretty much say that I wonder if that was going to do something or turn into something? Right, and, yes. I mean, it makes sense. We always sense. worried that that was going to come back to haunt them some 
some way, some form, some fashion. And yeah, it might have. But it's weird because they haven't focused back on that. Right. Yeah. We, so it's kind I of a head scratcher. Yeah. We haven't seen a shot of it since Mil- since Miller popped up. And so, hmm. But I still think that has something to do with it. I totally feel that it does, but it's just like I want to see it. Right. <laughs> I don't know, like little you would like think it was, I don't know, something. Right, that it should have already engulfed the Rossi and taken it over by now, but it hasn't, so this must be it's a like very... It doesn't want to. Right. It needs the Rossi for something else. And this is why I don't trust anyone. Or anything. The writers mess with our heads. Oh, and they love to. They do. And it was awesome that Nadine liked your tweet. That's always, always, always a great thing to have happen. Oh, my God. I totally squee every time that happens with us. Half the time yes. I screenshot it and send it to Steve. I'm like, oh, my God, look, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> yes. So once again, Fred, thanks for your feedback. We do appreciate it and are looking forward to hearing your thoughts on upcoming episodes. Thanks, Brad. What do you think about this? Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know your thoughts. What do you think's coming? And if you've read the book, clue me in. Just a little <laughs> bit. I know I have the book, but come on. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about this show. That's right. Rope them in like I've done with so many people I work with, because it's an awesome show. And yes, it is. we do hope you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to check out our website, www.fangirlzone.com. It has our contact page there, too, if you'd like to check that out, because sometimes it's just easier to click the button. And finally, don't forget our Redbubble store, because we have our Sci-Fi Talk logo, which I love. I just bought another sticker for my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty awesome. Yes, we look so awesome. If only. Yes, we do. If only. I guess I got to go to the gym a lot more to look like my cartoon, but whatever. (laughs) All right. (laughs) For this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fandrelath. And I'm Steve. You're the tool that goes places. And I'm the tool that finds them. And until next time.